Welcome to Bring On Reviews Podcast, where if you want it, we review it. I'm your host, DC. I'm joined today by Moss. How's it going, everyone? Cool. In this podcast, we review a bunch of things that happened this week in movie news, TV, and animated world. This is the fourth episode of the podcast. So, um, this first thing we have here is um, thumbs up, thumbs down. What we're going to do right now is just basically go around and say, we're gonna give it a thumbs up, thumbs down to things that happened this week. First thing up is... TV shows, mainly Arrow. So what do you thought about this week's episode? This week's episode was really, really pivotal. A lot of things finally came about. Uh, spoiler alert, it's it's the end of an era, what it seems like the end of an era for Ali in his hometown. And uh, let's see what this future brings. But I was happy and I thought it was cool when he was branded that they gave him that that same logo was the same logo that we see all the time. It's tying so many things in and bringing things to light. That was great. And then um, I, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of seeing these flashbacks with his friend Maceo and not knowing where the hell this is all going. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully things change very, very soon because frankly, I'm a little, a little worn out by it all, but yeah, it was it was intense. I was so glad Thea didn't die, personally. But uh, I thought it was overall a great episode. I just felt like there were some too many moments that hung on, like the flashbacks. I, I really want to see that wrap up that part of his flashback past, at least. What did you think about it? Um, I give this episode a thumbs middle. Um, not even a thumbs up or thumbs down. What all happened is basically, um, again, spoiler alert. Uh, the whole scene with Thea was okay. I kind of wish she did die. Um, the scene her come back, oh. and <laughs> it, it's sad to say it, but you know, yeah, I kind of wish she did. Because um, now, um, Ollie's part of the League of Assassins, you know, the heir to the demon head and all that other stuff. And it feels like it's copying a lot of the Batman story arc a little bit, but like changed a few things about it. And I was like, oh, I'm okay with not seeing this part here. But um, it feels like. Arrow's doing doing a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of weird, and now to introduce some magic and all those other things where they originally said they wouldn't, kind of. But um, I'm okay with it for now. Well, I mean, if you consider that how much easier it is to resurrect a character like Raish Al Ghul in the in the Arrow's world as opposed to a Batman universe, it's it's much more doable and it's been doing really well because the whole story's challenged Oliver in a different way. This season has been so different, just like last season was, just like the season before that was. And I think that, that their evolution has been amazing. And Ration this season has been great. Um I don't think Thea should have died because we've already lost we've already lost Tommy, his best friend. He lost his mom. He started out losing his dad and his, well, his side chick, Sarah. And then Sarah comes back. We lose her. We gain Roy. We lose him. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's, let's, be re- let's be real. The only characters that still are around are characters that were created. Diggle and Felicity. Felicity wasn't supposed to happen. And look what's happened with her. And, well, Diggle. Diggle's Diggle. Yeah. He's great, but he wasn't supposed to happen. So a character that was supposed to happen that's still alive, namely his sister, his only family remaining, I'm glad she's alive. 
Right. There would be nothing left for him in season four. It's, even if he escapes Nanda Park Bat at the end of this season, there'd be nothing left for him in season four. Where would they go? The city. <laughs> well, who'd he go home to? <laughs> the who'd city. Who'd he go home to? Let's be real. Who'd he go home to? Nobody. Bye, Laurel. Exactly. Bye, Laurel. You know. Nah, him, him and Laurel are him and Laurel are done. Him and Laurel are done. They don't see each other that way anymore. Nah, you can see it. Again. It's probable. It's, it's probably it's gonna happen again. You know? I, I am see, I, I am sad to see the relationship between Felicity uh and the Adam dissipate. It, it's that was it's gonna definitely go away because um she loves Ollie, you know, for the whole scene. Well, yeah, you know, I, I never said that it wasn't eventually gonna happen. I'm just saying sad to see it go. That's all. That's all. Okay, you know. Things happen. They had a great chemistry. They're really goofy together. They worked so well together, you know? They looked like they're a really odd couple that made everyone uncomfortable, but they were also incredibly cute together. So people are okay with it. Uh, yeah. Um well hey, um hopefully something happens next week. I heard there's supposed to be a whole <laughs> bunch of things happening, but let's see how it goes. Um the next thing we'll do right now is the flash. Um this episode was kind of amazing. I think I'll start this one. Um, I give this one a thumbs up. Um, I really liked it. Just seeing all the events that happened this week, but seeing them finding out um, Harrison Wells is actually dead. And it's like, oh, first Flash is this person. Hopefully they find the name of the person soon. You know, like, oh, Ebon Thawne. When I saw the actual um, trailer for next week, it made me crap my pants just a little bit. The seeing the amazingness <laughs> that happened in there, just... I had to take a step back and like, wow, it's really going to turn up next week. It really is going to turn up. Um, what are your thoughts about this episode? All right. I thought the episode overall was fantastic for a number of reasons. First off, like you said, the whole st- situation, discovering, discovering the death of the doctor. He's not really who he has been. Another thing I picked up on really quick was that moment that the shapeshifter shot the cops. The cops addressed detective who they thought was Detective Thawne as Thawne. They didn't say it in a nice way. They were just like, what do you want as Thawne? And it just really struck me like, wow, they're really making it known that Eddie's future grandchild is Eobard Thawne. Like, they're really making sure people start seeing the connection and they're making it more prevalent. They benefited from another cross when they went over and met with the people in Starling City and they met with Detective Lance and his daughter, good old Canary. I thought that was an awesome moment. I definitely felt like Cisco and exactly how Cisco reacts when he meets famous and important people is how I think so many of us would geek out. So Cisco's character to me is the best on that show. Yeah. His development, everything about him is the best on that show. And then where the story is going, I think it was amazing. The advice that Detective, that Captain Lance, I'm sorry, got it from the, the detective was spot on. And I think that's going to influence the Arrow. So their involvement in Flash have only solidified it and made it such a good episode. They benefited, the Flash has benefited so much from the crossover success that it's undeniable at this point. That's very, so, very true. Overall, I was very, very pleased. There was a few things I could have gotten over, like uh, the mild tension between um, 
between the Flash and the Doctor because he knows he's he's not who he is. That was that was kind of getting to me because it's been brewing for so long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like all right, but when they found the room at the end, oh, and then he sees the future, the future news clip. He's like, oh lord, nothing makes sense. The more they dig, the more they find, the less they're in the know. Yeah. And I thought I think that's great. They they've done really well. I'm just worried what's going to be left this season two. But personally, the best part of that episode was at the end when they when they confront the chameleon guy no face and they ask him who are you really and then he turns into himself and he doesn't know who he is that last scene was so powerful how he was just so lost in himself because he didn't know who he was that just blew me away it's like wow that was intense that um every man was a good villain for this episode um he definitely got some wtf moments with him and um snow when they both kiss i was like oh wow look at that huh <laughs> interesting yeah and then yeah, of course very felt awkward about it. she's all awkward <laughs> all around oh yeah that was good it's really crazy oh, i was like okay so since we talk about the future stuff let's go straight into the trailers um this week we had x machina trailer that came out um what are your thoughts about it i think it's it's beautifully done I think the story that they're trying to tell is amazing. I was caught from the beginning of the trailer straight throughout because the scenery was amazing. Seeing how far they went, seeing that home, that home was just gorgeous. I wanted to stay in that house. And then when he start, the, the gentleman started talking about the research and the work he's been doing and to see how, how involved it was with that AI, I think... I think that story is going to be pretty amazing. I don't know if I go see it in theaters, but I definitely would see it. Oh, okay. Um, for me, I'd probably give it a thumbs up also. Um, it just looked amazing. Plus, it felt like chappy, but better. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure how I can say that, but it, it, just felt, it just felt better just seeing that this whole um, um, sequence between it. I was like, all right. It looks like it should be good. Um, I might see it in the movie theaters. It came out today, so I might go see it over the weekend who knows but um it looked great really did look great chappie was a knockoff of a short circuit this to me strikes more like um what was that will smith movie uh, i robot i robot where the intelligence level of the machine has taken over i i, I got i got the more emotional part of that as opposed to as opposed to Chappie. Chappie was just a straight knockoff of Short Circuit. They just fixed it up a bit. Hey. And they took out a lot of the comedy that made Short Circuit lovable. Hey, you know. It should be good. Definitely should be good. Cool. Um, so next up we have Maggie. Um, this is the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Um, it should. I, I'll go first on this one. All right. I'll give this a thumb middle. Um, I saw it and... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's Arnold and Perkins' daughter from this whole um, virus strain that happened, and now his daughter is going to turn soon. And it, it's it's interesting, but um, hopefully it's good. Um, I'm not sure about it. I'm really not sure. What are your thoughts about it? Okay, really quick. Spoiler alert: Arnold Schwarzenegger defending his daughter again, like he has for the last thirty years. Same movie plot, different spin, same result. Not interested because it's not Alyssa Milano. Can care less. I'm tired of it. 
personally. Uh, so many movies. Uh, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, this large Austrian man who's wearing flannel, pretending to be a sheriff in some podunk town in the Midwest of Kansas. And he's now he's, again, wearing flannel somewhere in the backcountry, somewhere in America. And it's like, come on, this. <laughs> no, Arnold. No, your accent is too impossible for me to believe this. All right, whatever you say, man. I'm I'm tired of it. I I'm no. <laughs> Tell me how real feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Come on, it's the same thing. So many different ways. There's only so many ways you can chew something up and spit it back out before it's just a pile of mush. Very very true. Um. It, it definitely why I gave it a thumbs down because I I kind of give it a thumbs down because it seems interesting enough where all right Arnold's doing this kind of movie and I want to see where it goes because it's it kind of been done before kind of but at the same time I haven't seen Arnold did it before so I was like all right let me let me see the little twist in it you know yeah. cool so um way down <laughs> <laughs> so we have this another trailer that came out well um, Tomorrowland on. Um, a second trailer. No, I think this is the third trailer that came out for it. Um, third. There, there have been a few. The second and the third trailer did come out. Yeah, so this one came out, and I have to say, um, George Clooney is the man. Um, this whole yep. this whole movie just seems great. Um, at first, you're not sure what's really happening, and the first trailer's got you wondering, like, oh, I need to see more of this. The second trailer was like, I definitely see more of this. And then this third trailer now, I'm like, oh, this is actually good. Hopefully it, it works out well. Um, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with it, but for now it just seems like the visuals just look amazing, and it's Brad Bird, so I'm expecting a lot from it. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Quite frankly, I think George Clooney has a future narrating films similar to Morgan Freeman. Mm -hmm. I think his voice, his tone, his approach, it's so captivating that he can make some stories just so appealing. So the first trailer was very bland, but his his uh, his audio over the B-roll just captivated you. You wanted to know more. So the second trailer, when George tells you to get in the tub, you jump in that tub. And then when it shot off, at first I was like, this is some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. But I would get in that damn tub and <laughs> I would shoot off to Tomorrowland. That movie looks so visually amazing. I don't even care what the purpose is. I want to see it, quite frankly. I want to see it because George is in it. And like I said, he narrates it. And I was captivated by the story. But also because it's so visually impressive. And the concept and the idea behind a society of people that are building a better tomorrow and just the, the concept. It's like concept art and concept cars that you see in car shows all over the place and just different people's out, out of the box ideas put in the big screen. And it's just, it's just visually beautiful. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know what role those kids play in it, but damn it. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a great trailer. Um, which leads into our last trailer for this thumbs up, thumbs down section. Um, Black Mass. Oh man. Um, mm -hmm. I'm let you go first. I'm let you go first. Um, go ahead. All right. So when I first saw the trailer, I already had, I was already aware how strikingly similar Johnny Depp looked like the character that he plays. Guys, Johnny Depp is the main character in this. He plays a mob boss from Chicago based on a true story. He strikingly looked 
like that mob boss. And then, interestingly enough, in the trailer, a large part of it is a conversation he has with the man over dinner about a family secret recipe for steak. And the way he went into detail, it was really chilling because it was a passive-aggressive way of saying, you're going to get it because you're a snitch. And and quite frankly, I want to see it. Johnny Depp doing gangster films. This isn't this isn't some 30, 30s film. This is a modern day. It's going down. So I'm excited. Yeah, um, it reminded me of um, Donnie Brasco a little bit. Just seeing how yeah. how good Johnny Depp was in this. Um, I'll give it a thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up. Yeah. The whole scene with him there and they're showing pictures in the background and he's going through the whole voice yeah. of it. And it's like, it felt like, wow, I'm scared yeah. of Johnny Depp right now. <laughs> because he's telling you how important this, how important it is to keep secrets and how quickly this guy was to give up a recipe. And the whole time you're just seeing him lay people out. You're mm-hmm. like, oh God, this guy's a snitch. He's going to get it. What did he tell? So I want to see the movie just so I can know where that dude stabbed him in the back. If he ever got to stab him in the back or, what the whole purpose was because I want to know what that conversation what happened before it and what happens after it. I I was I'm caught. I, I want to go see it. Yes, definitely, definitely. It's it's definitely looking like a great trailer. Um hopefully it's a great movie also. So um this is the last part of the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down section. Um it's the Naruto manga seven oh one. It's the return of Naruto. So uh you really really want to have this conversation yeah but quick conversation about this all right everyone so as d knows me personally i can write a doctoral thesis on naruto i can go to pretty much toe-to-toe with just about anyone i know about the story and about so many pivotal things that go on and concepts around the story personally this would I, I begrudgingly read this because I was unhappy where it left off. So picking this up again, I didn't want to, but I wanted to give it a shot. And I don't know how I feel. I, I didn't know how I felt until the end. That's the honest truth. It starts off, the names are terrible, beyond terrible. Uh, the, the, the striking similarities I expected, but the names are terrible. I, I like the twist at the end and quite personally I don't I don't know if I don't know if I should ruin it for everyone but I'll let you explain more of it but quite personally I'm not surprised by anything that's happened to Sakura because anything evil she has it coming that's just my opinion I'm a Sakura hater I can't talk about this anymore D <laughs> let them know what happens because this is too this is this is like a fist in the middle like I, I, I want to hit I want to hit Kishimoto. <laughs> so um, I like talk about it. I'll give this um manga a, a thumbs up. Um, I I liked it a lot. Um, I liked it a whole lot more than Thomas did. Um, the whole <laughs> the whole um the whole the whole chapter just seemed cool. Um, just to come back to the whole story and see um Naruto's son. Spoiler alert! Sorry, he had a son. So just seeing that whole aspect of him going through his life and seeing the reflection of all right you're going through kind of the same way as your father and it's kind of interesting to see that and at the same time seeing what exactly is going on in this whole family aspect um the whole thing with sakura i'm okay with that um 
It just looked, it, for now, it looks like it's kind of fishy. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Um, you should definitely go read it. Uh, if you want to, you go to um, www.mangapangda.com and you'll get to see it all there and be able to read the whole thing through. But it looks amazing. Um, just so you guys know, if you look it up, it's not, it's called the seventh Hokage. Mm-hmm. You will find it under the normal Naruto. It's called the seventh Hokage. And I guess that where things left off and how things left off got me upset. But what I, I can say what I did like. All right, all right, I'll stop being a Grinch. So what I did like, I liked how they established the families in a different level. They, they established the family dynamics. Like, Naruto is always working. However, he still makes a clone and chases after his kid, partially because... He knows how important it is for his son to feel loved and accepted, and that's exactly how he used to rebel and get the third Hokage's attention. So, whereas he's fed up with the pranks, he's also part of it. So, I think that's amazing. However, learning about what's going on with Serata, I'm not surprised. Serata would be, uh, spoiler alert, Sasuke and Sakura's kid. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I'll let you figure that out, guys. But the dynamic between families and someone like Serata who who experiences a lot of issues because of her situation, she sees all of her her classmates and how they have these bonds, and she's just envious of all of them, even though their her friends aren't envious of their situation. So I I don't know. I see such a bond between Serata and Naruto that need for family, and I I like that a lot. That showed up a lot, and I don't even think most people picked up on it, if anybody picked up on it. But that that longing, that's an interesting stretch that connects her to the seventh. And I think that's something that's going to play out later on. Yeah, it might. It might. Definitely might. Well, hey, um, it's up to you guys to figure out what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it. And this next section um, is basically called Come to Theaters. What we're basically doing here is basically give our impressions of movies coming out this week in theaters and let you know which one you should watch um so three movies came out let's come out this movie weekend um it's little boy um the age of adeline and the war diviner um for me i will probably pick the age of adeline just because it it looks pretty cool and um she's able to actually stay alive and keep the same age for a long period of time which i kind of like to do that hopefully <laughs> uh, too bad. Too bad I couldn't do it. But you know, it'd be kind of cool that to do it. That comes with pluses and minuses, especially yeah. the type that you'll see in the movie. I yeah, mean, it's definitely. I, I, I have mixed feelings about being immortal. I mean, it could be great, but at the same time, like you'd see in the like you'd see in the film, it it comes at a price. So, but I agree personally. I would see all three of these movies for three different reasons. Um, Age of Adeline would be first, and that's solely because, like you said, uh. The direction they take it in this woman who's practically immortal and can't age, more importantly. And I just thought it was beautiful how they went through time. Like, no, in she was born in 1908. She's supposedly 45. She looks like she's 20. And then she goes from 1908 practically to the present. And you just see time change around her and not her around time. And I just always found that captivating. And that was that was something that some films tried to emulate, but I think this film is going to nail it. Yeah. Um, that one scene where she met with her daughter, was this a powerful scene? I was like, wow, 
Yeah, yeah. Your daughter looks yeah. twice as old as you do. That's crazy. Well, that that was something that I think I had mentioned to you before. What happens in Curious Cage Benjamin Button, where he looks like a little boy and his wife has aged so much, and that was something that really that really struck with her. And he had to hold her hand through old age. And that was another, that's a similar, I think that was a similarity that I, I tried mentioning to you before. <laughs> but right. other than that, Go ahead. other than that, it's a totally different movie. Yeah, definitely a different movie. Um, so those are the three movies that came out this week. Um, let us know which one you would like to see. Um, um, definitely email us or even tag us on somewhere. All right. So this is actually the end of the episode. Um, you can find us on social media um, at bringonreviews.com uh, for movie reviews, TV show reviews, a whole bunch of reviews that you, that you need are out there. Um, you can email us at bringonreviews at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media platforms, uh, Twitter at bringonreviews, and on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, YouTube, bring on the reviews. Um, if you need to uh, send in a question or a request, um, you could use the hashtag bringonreviews. That's on any social media platform. Um, I'd like to thank my co-host for being here. Um, Moss, where can they find you? Thank you for having me. You can find me on Instagram at Defiant underscore Moss and on Twitter at GoliathNYC. Awesome. And um, you, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DwightAntC. That's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C on Instagram and Twitter. Um, thanks for actually listen to us and we'll catch you next time take care guys boom <laughs>